Welcome back to Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour, where we explore the many issues on aging, disability, and unexpected illness. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about uh, genetic testing for cancer. I'm your co-host, Tim Takus. Yeah, and I'm Barbara McGinnis. And with us is Dennis Clifford and Will Brown, and they are from Genetoscope. And I had to get that in quickly before I forgot how to pronounce it again. <laughs> um, so we do, you do testing for cancer, right? And welcome, Dennis. Welcome, Will. Thank you. So how does genetic testing for cancer work? Well, we basically do an educational workshop for Medicare recipients. Um, after that educational workshop, they're asked a few questions to see if they meet the criteria for testing. And then it's basically as simple as stepping behind a screen with a medical professional, providing a two milliliter saliva sample. Mm -hmm. uh, we then take that sample and we send it off to our triple certified CLIA lab. And it's test we test 134 genes associated with cancer to see if they have any markers. Okay. And then those results are sent back to their doctor. They meet with their doctor and set up a plan. Right, so it's just spitting in a cup. That's all it takes, right? Yeah, it's as easy as that. Okay. Which is a little harder than you than it sounds. What, yeah. spitting two in milliliters. a cup? Oh yeah. That's a okay. lot of spit. To, yeah, yeah, you have to work yeah. on those two milliliters. Okay. But there is a little bit more to it than that, because you, yeah. you were talking about, like, if you qualify, your insurance will pay for this, right? Correct, what correct. Do you, what do you have to do to qualify? Well, there's specific criteria, um, you know, based on private insurance, based on Medicare, based on Medicaid. We work specifically with Medicare, so and those th that criteria do is variable depending on each situation. So we, we take them away from the group, it's private, talk to them a little bit, ask them a few questions, and then we know there if they qualify and we go to the next step, or if they don't qualify, there is a private pay option, but that's... Okay, so Medicare pays for area. this? Yes, sir. So usually, I mean, our, our you know, typically our experience with Medicare is you got to be sick before they pay for anything. Mm -hmm. So they actually will pay for genetic testing. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Here's a, something I want to clarify. So we are the facilitators, as you mentioned. We're not the lab. We partnered with the lab because not all genetic testing is equal, and we can get on to that on the back end. But this lab is not only triple certified, so they're a federal contractor, they're CLIA uh, Joint Commission on Quality Standards. Very good lab, right? Okay. That's important. What I also like about the lab is that they are working as a change agent. So they're not a transactional lab. They're working to make access to this technology more readily available. So for example, um, in the Human Genome Project that took 10 years mm -hmm. and, and billions of dollars to sequence one gene, now that can be done in about 14 days, right? So we know the technology is improving, mm -hmm. but access, albeit is reduced from, you know, the million dollars that Steve Jobs paid for a test similar to this, to now it's fairly accessible, but not to all. So that's why last year around March of 2018, CMS said that this is one of the service services that they would pay for. So they saw the value of the testing. Okay. Now, we're still not where every private carrier and everyone's going to pay for it. So there's there's some some work going on behind the scenes of the valuable, you know, uh, the, CMS usually sets the standards, as you know, for mm -hmm. this. For, for Medicare. Yeah. Correct. Right. And then everybody it else follows small. suit. So we're at this emerging technologies and the usefulness of treating patients. So we facilitate, we're kind of that bridge between this service, the technology and the lab, to the patients, let them know about it, inform okay. them, of, and, and then facilitate the collection of the sample. Mm -hmm. So that gives you a little more background, I hope. Right. And a lot of it has to be associated with cost. I mean, by 2030, we're projecting to have the cost of cancer treatment for Medicare recipients to triple. 
So what Medicare Triple. is trying to do finally is to get ahead of things instead of right. being proactive. They're starting to say, hey, let's be reactive. Let's yeah. try to make the treatment less costly and less um, yeah. uh, taxing on your body. Let's see if we can minimize it. You know, if you can cut 24 weeks of chemo down to 12, um, mm -hmm. or if you're following a spot with someone who has breast cancer, and instead of following it and tracking it and waiting and waiting and waiting, go ahead and remove it now. You know, more proactive action for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. So it helps everybody then that way. Yeah, hopefully right. it cuts down on costs, right. cuts down on, on the, again, the... And CMS, or I guess being the, the national laboratory here for stuff. Yeah. yeah. You and know, so the government can pay for it, Medicare helps pay for it, do the chronic, uh, you know, the, the illness care or whatever it is, or preventive care, so... And a more targeted, I will say from, you know, we aren't physicians, but after visiting the lab, staying on site for several days and understanding some of the high science behind it, um, the targeting of your treatments, you know, just by having this knowledge, there's different cancer uh, or different chemotherapy drugs that are, that mm. can be used when I understand better what's going on as a physician, they would say behind the scenes, they can use, hey, you're gonna react better to this drug. Right. And, and there's another uh, part of the genetic testing that's, uh, pharmacogenetics, which mm -hmm. is the same kind of thing. So we're going to target your treatment based on your DNA. Right. So it's a little bit about one of our, what our pri prior guests was talking about. Absolutely. How you convince someone that this is worthwhile to participate, mm -hmm. right? Sure, sure. Well, so what do you say? Um, we're not really in, our process isn't to convince somebody, but with it through our educational workshop that we do beforehand, yeah. hopefully it'll shed some light on them. And I've had you know um, people that work in the senior industry say, well, maybe my people don't wanna know. Well, my question to them then is, do you have a resident here that's had cancer? Go ask them if they knew five or 10 years before they got it and they went through that treatment process, if they had known that they could have made lifestyle changes, they could have minimized the effect that the disease was going to have on them, not only on themselves, but their oh family, their finances, everything. Ask them if five or right. 10 years ago, if they could have had a test that would have told them that, would mm -hmm. they do it? And I'm betting 99% yeah. of them yeah. are gonna say yes. And that kind of makes the light go on. Yeah. But then the next thing you look at is, we're not only gonna be helping the Medicare recipients that qualify for it, but we're also gonna be helping their children, mm -hmm. their grandchildren, even generations maybe that they won't even know. Because right. so that's all part of the genetic part. Exactly. You need to know, okay, if, you, if you've got the gene, you know, then maybe your grandson does too. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we know specific ones that get passed down, so that likelihood, we can say it's likely that that's going to be passed down to your mm -hmm. daughter or your grandchildren. Right. And then Barbara, just to elaborate, that's a great point. Our job is not to convince. However, I will say that when given the, the understanding, which is what we hope to yeah. present, yeah. that if I know that there is a germline passed down, like uh, our previous guest was discussing, something mm -hmm. that you inherit from parents, but then there's a what they call a somatic expression, which means through lifestyle, mm -hmm. and now we won't go into the science, but you can pass along, uh, you don't pass along the somatic expression, but you can mutate your own. So for example, yeah. I, I, let's say I'm using Steve Jobs. Let's say that he knows he has a pass down trait for pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. Then maybe he's not a fruitarian, maybe he doesn't eat as much fructose and have this high insulin response so that he doesn't have this now somatic expression because now he's just doubles his chances, as an example. Mm -hmm. So somebody right. may change their lifestyle and say, oh, I know that I'm BRCA1, BRCA2 positive, which is gene right. for breast cancer, that maybe I might have uh, tests 
more frequently. Maybe I might check into alternative, like a thermography, instead of maybe just a, a typical um, yeah. Uh, mammogram. Right. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's ways that they can use the information yeah. to help treat them specifically. You know, and I guess what I'm thinking is, is a, what it, what occurs to me is, I mean, medicine always seems to have been in the past just like brute force. You know, let's just throw everything we can and hope that it works. Mm -hmm. You know, but if we can get into the exactly, you know, really into the the, the pinpointing where that comes from. I agree. Yeah. You know, then our treatments are. Are, are much more refined, as you said, maybe mm -hmm. it's somewhere down the road, much less costly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what Will touched on before is we, we, we now know or we can now find out how someone will react better to certain medications where instead of throwing the book at them and saying, okay, this is the one that's working the best, mm -hmm. we can again be proactive and say right. this this certain genome or this certain strain of cancer or whatever is going to react better mm -hmm. or worse to mm -hmm. this medication. So let's switch yeah. gears a little bit about, um, okay, so let's say I do uh, some genetic testing or whatever and it, it comes back whatever result is. Now, mm -hmm. does, that inf does that affect my insurance? Is that a pre-existing condition? Is that something I have to worry about? You do not have to worry about it because, again, you're protected by a number of federal and state laws, HIPAA. Right. Um, the ADA and then the GINA, which is the Genetic Information Non-Disclosure Act. So that's basically hitting exactly what we're doing here. So the results are sent to your doctor, they share them with the, the, the client, the patient, right. and then it's up to that patient to say, I want this to be public knowledge or in my health record, or to say, no, let's keep this between you and me and let's put, make this plan for a healthier lifestyle. So it doesn't affect forward. my insurance? It should no, not. Yeah, Title I of Genus addresses that. The, um, okay. They cannot discriminate health insurance at all. That's handled by CMS and was passed over to Department mm -hmm. of Labor. Uh, Title II of that, uh, Gina, addresses discrimination in the workplace. You can't do that either, so they expand on that. So okay. yes, this is an emerging area, and there's a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of people that worry about uh, mm -hmm. this, but I would say this. Um, we have things that track us in our everyday behavior, our phones, mm -hmm. how we like to shop, eat, this is not going to affect you any differently. It can actually, let's focus on the good is what I would say yeah. of yeah. how this can affect you positively in your treatment, diagnosis, and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned that you would test for, you could test for multiple types of cancer. Mm -hmm. Do, like, is it just a big uh, panel profile for every spit cup, or are you looking for something particular based on my history? Well, um, that our knowledge of your history is going to be minimal going into the testing. So, okay. but we test 134 genes. Okay. Um, but so there's a large amount. You're talking about, you know, from breast cancer mm -hmm. to colorectal cancer right. to prostate cancer, which are the biggest three genetic yeah. cancers that we know of. So, um, but there's we're we're running the gamut as much as we possibly can. Oh, well, well, guess what? We're out of time. So we're going to put your contact All information right. up. Great. Yeah, you know, Genetoscope, uh, that's how people can get in touch with you. Uh, so right. I understand it's a big company, um, mm -hmm. started out in public, what, uh, insurance benefits? Yes, we were already talking to groups and people and uh, educating them and then met a partner lab, found out there's a need here okay. because there's a lot of companies that are popping up that aren't doing it properly. Yeah. So, well, we right. really appreciate both of you yeah. being here. I think it's some fascinating information. Look for your educational seminars in, mm -hmm. the, in yep. communities in, around here. Yep. All right, so we'll be right back um, to wrap this up. Right. Yeah.